AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. Welcome to the AAT Birds Weekly Report here on the AAT Sports Network. I am Chip, a chip for the birds and umpire stories, joined as always by Johnny and Kendall and returning favorite, Mike Bauer over in the corner, Sir Dynasty Rewind. I'm guessing that the Dynasty stuff is winding down for the season. Mike, out of your 75 million teams, how many are in the championship? Two. Same, but I only had three teams playing, so. <laughs> yeah, a couple of my teams just absolutely crapped the bed. Um, and actually, we are just ramping up. off seasons, just getting started for us. So we are entering our busy time of the year. So hi, everybody. Um, I'm not back full time. My man, Kendall, over here has been holding it down. Oh, you're doing an awesome job. I do have a Thank question you. for you then. Johnny's going to hate it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, just saying hi, popping in, tell everybody I miss you guys. The reason I'm not on anymore, we're just so busy. We have almost 100 patrons. I'm recording like sometimes three to five nights a week. So, you know, those other nights I just need to spend with my wife and little girls. So had to make a call, but I do miss the AAT Birds crew. But I'm still around, you know. I'm you still- are. We text, I mean, you and I text a ton, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um. I'm going to start off again. Hope you guys had a good holiday, good Christmas. Uh, I'm going to start off with something non Eagles related. Uh, it's time for Tua to hang it up for the season. Thoughts? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you, you have to go with the health, and the health of him is uh, it's more important than football. Um, mm-hmm. third, third known concussion. Um, it's, it's time to just you know let. Let it go. Let Teddy Bridgewater take over. If they make the playoffs, hey, they make the playoffs with him. But right now, you can't really risk any more uh, injury um, as of right now. Three concussions. He also isn't playing well either. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at – so just looking at this last game, after the alleged hit, he started throwing interception after interception. He had the horrific concussion where he stumbled earlier in the season. Then the very next week, he was stretchered off. I mean, you're looking at a minimum of three concussions this season. And at some point – if he's not willing to pull the plug on himself, the team needs to pull the plug. They also need to take a closer look and see what's going on down in Miami where he's allowed to stay in games, but everyone else is being pulled from games for concussions. Um, I think it's you got to look bigger picture here at this point uh, so that there's not bigger, more long-term problems. Uh, I like Tua as a human. I think that the, the Dolphins started off the season strong, but I mean, this – this has been a serious problem. I also think if he's going to continue to play in the NFL, he should learn how to take a hit, meaning he doesn't brace himself for impact ever. Um, 
So I almost think like, hey, he's got to work with like some WWE guys and learn how to take a bump. Yeah. Um, you know, that's for a Dolphins podcast. Now let's get to a little I'm bit. just saying, I, I, had, I had to say it because yeah. I, I was very animated and vocal about it a couple of weeks ago when he got the set of concussions that he should hang it up. And I was told, no, 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 it's a football, it's a man sport. And at this point, you're starting to hear the NFL uh, veterans, you know, your, your uh, Emmanuel Achos, your RG3s, your uh, Brandon Marshall's going, dude, for your own health, stop. I'm and, sorry. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up. Can I just say one thing? Anytime sure. um, RG3 sends out a tweet about a player's health, I always like to say, just like Mike Shanahan did with you. <laughs> yeah. I like RG3. I think he's a great in an analyst, but it's like he always has something to say about something injury related. So, you know, got to got to chirp him a little bit. So I just I enjoy doing that. We have to do that. But speaking uh, of chirping, he Eagle, we play. have to, we have to we have to recap Christmas Eve. Um the Eagles did fall to the Dallas Cowboys uh, by a score of 40 to 34. So it was, you know, a good defensive battle. Um, Missed the sound bites. Yeah, it's back. Yeah, it was it was a good defensive battle. Uh, I have some thoughts. Uh, Ken, let me start with you. I mean, we, we obviously were hoping for a, a happier Christmas Eve. What, what were your takeaways from the game? What were some things you noticed, liked, didn't like? T- talk to me about it. I feel like my first reaction that it wasn't, you know, too bad of a loss considering the circumstances, mm-hmm. um, a lot of injuries. Um, I feel as if this is what I said since day one, since I've joined you guys, that the only way this team can lose is if it's by themselves. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to point fingers, but Quez Watkins is probably responsible for four losses this year. And if he just makes, you know, two plays, one, you know, holds that ball on to uh, against Washington, and, you know, makes an effort to catch the ball when Gardner throws in the ball. One of those balls don't get picked off. And his, his effort has been a huge liability. And that was a huge thing for, for him coming into the league. He had a lot of character issues. He had a lot of, you know, unknowns. And we, we all knew he had, like, this speed and whatnot. But that's what bumped him back to the fifth round is because he had a lot of these, like, question marks about his um, character. And uh-huh. it had to come around and – it's what you need him the most. And now it's cost his games. And, you know, it's more than just Quez too, you know, defense didn't play their best ball. Um, Josiah Scott played really poor. Um, they're going to miss Avante Maddox and he's going to be hard to replace. So hopefully we can get CJ back, but overall for the circumstances, you can appreciate it because we are still in the game against this defense, this Dallas team that's supposed to be, you know, the best in the NFL and they only lost by six points. So. And I think that my biggest issue with it is you look at the two games that we've lost this season and the blueprint for how to beat this Eagles team is very, very evident and has been executed in both of those losses, which is because of the way that Jonathan Gannon game plans, you can be beaten the entire game with short, quick passes, short, quick passes accurate passes and you see that with the fact that cd lamb had 10 catches for 120 yards he averages 12 yards yeah, but that's he had 100 the, he had 100 yards in the first quarter he had, he didn't but do that's but, but what i'm saying is that's just the middle of the field being open being open i mean dak prescott was 27 to 35 he wasn't i mean he took a couple shots and hit on him which was great but most of it was just quick so routes slants. quick routes quick routes quick routes quick routes slants and goes and what ends up happening is we 
one of the strengths of this team is the defensive line pressure. And when you are allowing a quarterback to get the ball out that quickly, you totally neutralize that strength of the Eagles. And rather than Gannon attacking, he, he, he played back. And both the games that we have lost, that's been the case. Oh, go ahead, Mike, because I want to give – mine's going to be a little bit long-winded, but I'll have you – go ahead. You, what would you see and everything there? Before I get into it, can I just – can I mention how Kendall looks like a more handsome version of me? They got the same glasses, <laughs> got the beard. Like, check out my hair. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, he you guys yeah, really upgraded. You guys really upgraded here, if I if I may say. Um, just just so, a hey, 2.0 factor. It is. So listen, <laughs> all you Cowboys fans that are out there giving me crap on Twitter and in my DMs, you needed 40 points to beat our backup quarterback. If Jalen Hurts wins this game, you're not winning. It's, it's that easy. There would have been no third and 30. I did not like the offensive game plan from Sirianni and Steichen. They're like, Gardner Minshew is the same as Jalen Hurts, right? But he's not. Update, he's not. (laughs) Completely different skill set. Give Miles Sanders the ball more. Started off that way. I understand Dallas has a good defense. Still, you needed 40 points. We were in it till the very end. So I hate losing to Dallas. I hate losing to Dallas on Christmas weekend. But Mm -hmm. um, it was at least a good game. The one good thing I'll take out of this loss is the last two games aren't completely meaningless. You know, I I hate two meaningless games at the end of the year. If it's one, it's fine. I could deal with that. Um, like I said, we would have won with Jalen Hurts. Quez Watkins need to be more physical. Quez Watkins is also being put in situations Quez Watkins should not be put into. Throw that ball to Devonta Smith. Throw the ball to A.J. Brown. Throw that ball to Dallas Goddard, and you are not going to have these problems. They will outmuscle the defender. And by the way, Trayvon Diggs, the best cornerback in the NFL, got scorched like on those double moves, don't you? Wow. Mm-hmm. You suck. Your franchise is trash. I hope that they never win another Super Bowl. Dust off your VHS tapes, Cowboys fans, and go F yourself. And I think the thing, Mike, Johnny, before you take over here is a lot of people are looking for those people to blame, and they're doing the reaction. Gardner Minshew played good football. Three oh, except for the yards. It, except for the gunslinger moments where he's just chucking it off his back foot, which he's known to do. And because of the fact that he doesn't have those first team reps, like Jalen Hurts does, I think that Gardner Minshew played remarkably well, but Miles Sanders carried the ball 21 times. wasn't super successful. Okay, fine. But why can't you do more quick passes? Why can't you take more shots to your more sure-handed people? The fact that Quez Watkins only had one catch, is problematic. Here's another problem too, and I think this gets forgotten in the whole shuffle because we're talking about third and 30. They're driving down the field. You have a timeout left. Don't spike the ball in first and 10. You're probably throwing the ball into the end zone anyway. Get up, take the timeout then, and then use the field, use the clock. It's okay. I didn't like the play call. And then the play calls after that, I didn't think were that great too. So, you know, I'm going to give a tiny bit of credit to the Dallas Cowboys. They won the game. But if we didn't have four turnovers which they scored on all four of those turnovers, I believe. I think so. 20 uh, points off those 20, four turnovers. 20 points off the four turnovers. You take 20 points off the board, and you're looking at 34 to 20. That was a big it's issue like, with Gardner, like, especially early on. His feet were never set. Like, you can see, like, the, the panic in him. And, like, he was never able to get comfortable in the pocket. And especially on that last drive, like, he was just all over. He was his happy feet. And that's the difference between him and Jalen is that Jalen's in there. Like, he's comfortable. Like, he's ready to make a throw. 
Gardner's like, oh, like, what's going on? And, like, he doesn't look comfortable. And that comes with time. And granted, it's his first game this year as a starter. But, Johnny, what do you think? So, the way I look at this game, and I people want to throw Gannon under the bus because it's an easy target. And I'm one that would usually do that. But, look, this, the team had a 10 nothing lead. And I believe on that next drive, it was either that drive or then the following drive, I think it's third down, Avante Maddox – as a, on a blitz, he gets to Dak. But, you know, for some reason, mm-hmm. they don't call it down. They let him kind of hold him up for a second or two, and then he completes it to, I believe, Gallup for a first down, which then they go back down, they score 10-7. Then the Eagles, uh, unfortunately, would throw the interception. Dallas will get the ball at the Eagles' 49-yard line. Short field, they go down, they score, they take the lead. Later in the game, uh, the Eagles have a 27 to 17 lead. Uh, they let Dallas go down. Dallas kicks a field goal, makes it 27, 20. The next drive, the Boston Scots in the game and it's a fumble and they get the ball back at the Eagles 37 yard line. I believe uh, another short field. They go down, they score, they tie the game. Now the Eagles go ahead and they score and they're up. They're up by seven points with the clock is ticking under seven minutes. Okay. And, they sack Dak one time. The next time, Hassan comes strip sacks. I think Linval Joseph falls on it. Oh, but a Dallas, a Dallas player rips it out. It's third and 30. And then we know what happens with that play and eventually lead to, you know, a touchdown. You know, there's so many things in this game where Reddick strip sacks, they recover the ball. Say they don't score a touchdown, but they get a field goal. Then they're up by 10. It's a whole different ball game. Um, and then the funny thing is, all these turnovers, all these things that have happened, that happened on them for them, they still had a chance to win mm-hmm. the ball. Um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating, um, but it it is it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to have this, and it's funny you have all the the pundits and all the people, and I'm not going to call them experts because they're not nowhere close to being experts. How do they say, oh, it's San Francisco and. And the Eagles are they're gonna be one and done in the playoffs and all this all this stuff. It, it's you lost a close game to a team that has eleven wins. And yeah, you know, I, we could talk about this later getting into the playoffs, but I understand San Francisco has a great defense that I get. They do. But who have they beaten? Come on. Like you, people need to stop with this. Ooh, they're getting hot and everything. And Brock Purdy, you're playing the Rams, you're playing the Cardinals. You're playing the the third stringer, Skylar Thompson of the Dolphins. You're you're playing a teams that yes, they're it's on your schedule, but I think they need to, people need to go a little bit away from all oh, the the 49ers and they have all these weapons and Brock Purdy. When the playoffs come, it's a lot different ball game than the regular season. That's all I'm going to say there. They but, also lost to the Broncos and Bears. So exa- exactly, and, yeah. And, and for me, looking at this game, it, it's frustrating. Um, it's very frustrating because the game was there in hand. They had that game plenty of times. There were so many opportunities after every quarter, except for the fourth quarter, they led. They led after the first. They led after halftime. They led after the third. And unfortunately, they lost the game. So to me, it's, <clears throat> I think, a cause for concern that people aren't talking about is that Dallas defense. And I know they have a great pass yeah. rush. Zero sacks. No sacks. That's right. Yeah, and they're playing the 
basically all the backups of Tennessee tomorrow night. So you're not going to be able to see much with that. And for me, looking at that team, their secondary is their problem. And the Eagles were able to dice them up. And to me, I'm not worried. I think the Eagles can go in and they can beat New Orleans uh, with Gardner Minshew. They don't need to let Hurts get healthy, let him make sure he's 100%. But uh, to me, it was a frustrating game, but they had all the opportunities there. And if they have to see Dallas again, um, I'm not scared of Dallas. Uh, it's To me, I think you play them in the link, it's a whole different story. I have a and I, question real quick, Chip. Um, what would the scenario be, Johnny? Because I know you're always up on this. If the Eagles lose, but the Cowboys also lose this week, like just – hypothetically speaking, will we still get the one seed? Yeah, so all the Eagles need to do, they need to win one of their last two games and they get the one seed, they win the division. Got it. So um, the other thing is if they lose, but Dallas, Minnesota, San Fran all lose, then they get the one seed in the division. So, But if they win, win, they get the one seed and they're good to go. Um, Now also, uh, that Giants team, they win – they get a playoff spot and they're locked into that sixth spot. So they could be resting. It could be a good old backup bowl come week 18, but um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be too scared of Dallas. If you have to see them come to playoffs, uh, whether it's the divisional or the championship round, depending if they even get that far. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, just to kind of wrap up this Dallas conversation, because the next place we'll see them is the playoffs. When we beat the hell out of the Cowboys with Cooper Rush playing. All we heard was, well, you beat Cooper Rush. Cool. Yep. The Cowboys squeaked by our backup quarterback, and they are acting like it is they are now anointed in the NFC. And it's ridiculous. Um, It's the same double standard that the Eagles have been dealing with you know, even into the 2017 playoff run, that Super Bowl run, where it's, okay, you know what, write us off. Say that we're one and done. Say that, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't a great, he's not the MVP. Say this, say that. The fact of the matter is that this Eagles team still collectively put up 34 points on what is supposed to be one of the top defenses in the NFL. Now, we know that the Cowboys are not. They are an offensive powerhouse, fine. But again, this Eagles team is better by far than the Super Bowl winning team a couple years ago. This Eagles team is dominant in all phases of the game, and all we need now is Jalen Hurts to come back to kind of put it together. Yeah, you're right. We do. And, of course, uh, I want to mention, bring this up. This game, of course, you had some injuries. Uh, Lane Johnson Mm -hmm. going down, uh, torn abductor. Uh, Mm -hmm. They said that he needs surgery. He's going to put it off. Uh, to be able to, you know, play with some pain uh, in three to four weeks. If they get that number one seed, it will be almost a month. Uh, so hopefully heal up enough to be able to play with some pain. Um, that's a little worrisome, missing Lane Johnson. Uh, Avante Maddox is also another big loss uh, with what he's been doing on the field. When he is healthy and he is on the field, he's a difference maker. Unfortunately, Josiah Scott had one, one bad play that really is – really bad play, but they, but, but they picked on him and they did. And that was going to be my question. So two weeks ago, after we started seeing injuries, especially the blank and chip, we, we, we said on the post game, they're going to go out and get out uh, Anthony Harris. And sure enough, less than 24 hours later, they, they got Anthony Harris. He's been inactive now for two weeks. 
He's on the practice. You can't wait, but but against that Dallas team, explain to me why he wasn't active. Because Blankenship was back. But again, yeah, but now I mean, I think I think at this point you have to activate him. You need a veteran back there, and I know C.J. Gardner Johnson is back, but just as Josiah Scott got torched. Yeah, but I worry that Harris is like washed and done for. Like, if he didn't come back and play for that Chicago game when we needed him the most, I, I, I worry that they don't feel too yeah. confident about him. He's he's a emergency, is just in case if they were to get another if if Reed gets hurt again and you know you have even bigger issues. He's there as a you know a veteran security blanket per se. But CJ Gardner Johnson. Not sure if he's going to be back this week or if he's going to maybe possibly, you know, play a few snaps in the Giants game to kind of get himself, you know, back acclimated. But yeah, he can come down, play some slot reps as well. Uh, Josiah Scott can mix in there as well. Uh, yeah, Reed Blankenship in the back. You know, Kayvon Wallace. Uh, I'll, I'll, oh God! It, listen, no, no, no. I'll give it to him because he's been playing he actually was. pretty well. He and he is, you know, overall, he's definitely shown that he can play a little bit. But now we're talking about going against the best. Of the, he was mismatched when it came to Dallas. Now, do I think that he can do well against a team like the Saints? Sure. And a team like the Giants? Sure. But once you get into that upper echelon of offenses in this league, he's not going to be able to keep up with the Kansas Cities and the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. He's not going to be able to do it. I will say this. If there's a game to get Josiah Scott mentally ready, it's sure. the Saints game. I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Right now, Their slot wide receiver is Traquan Smith. So, I mean, they do have Kevin White on the practice squad. They could call him up, elevate him to do absolutely nothing. But, man, looking at the Saints roster, like – if you're a Saints player, how do you not just say, get me the F out of here? Also, Alvin Kamara did miss practice today. I know it was a personal reason, but something to monitor. His backup is David Johnson. Who you want to talk about washed. They got Dwayne Washington and Eno Benjamin. Like, I don't know. And the funny thing is, somehow the Saints are still competing for a playoff spot. I mean, this team looks like, and I love the movie The Replacements, but if there is a team that could get beat by the Washington Sentinels, it might be the New Orleans Saints. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just cast off after cast off. The big and and the big thing with them is they lost uh one of their best uh interior guys, Cesar Ruiz, uh, went on IR last week. Andres Pete was carted off the off the uh the field last week. So that's two year interior offensive linemen. Um you know if they miss those of course Eagles could have a field day there. It's just basically yeah, they still their defense still has some, you know, some good players. But again, they're six and nine for a reason. Uh, they've struggled all season with injuries, with availability. Um, you know, Chris Olave did practice; he was limited uh, today. If he's back, it helps their offense a little bit there. Um, but again, they still have Andy Dalton throwing the ball, and if you're able to get pressure, of course, they. I I do expect them to use a lot of Taysom Hill in terms of different yeah. type of gadget type plays. They, they have nothing to lose here. But and, the other thing is, is, and the thing that blows my mind is that nobody – so when the NFC East was the dumpster fire that it was for the past couple of years, everybody was – nationally was ragging on the NFC East and all the teams in it. Here you have an NFC South 
where every team is still in the in the hunt for the division title. And you're talking about a Saints team that is six and nine. Six and nine, and they could be the playoff representative and have a home game. AFC we'll South too has two teams who are seven and eight fighting for the, the spot. I, I mean, it's it, it blows my mind, but nobody says boo-hoo about this awful, this awful, awful division. When when people are gonna say things about certain divisions, they say something about the AFC or the NFC South. Is it really gonna get much pub? Not really. If they say something about the NFC East or the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Giants, if the Giants are good, you know, along the lines of that, it's going to give you a lot more ratings in terms of clickbait, in terms of all that kind of stuff, because that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. All these these sportscasters, all these national names, all these guys, what they want to do is say, oh, Eagles are going to be one and done. The Eagles aren't going to do that well. They're, they're, they're the team that they're, they haven't hit any adversity. They don't know what they're going to do. What was it? Because if they do that, it's going to be able to spark the fan base. The fan base is going to be pissed off. They're going to be talking, chirping at them. And they do the same thing with Dallas. They're doing the yeah. same thing with, with Dallas, whether it's whatever shows you're on uh, talking. It, it's just, it feeds. You just can't entertain what, it. <laughs> yeah. You just have to just let it go. Just put it off and, you know, don't put anything to it. it it's, Unfortunately, you're going to get that because they want ratings and ratings for them is going to be, let's trash the Eagles. You know, let's do all that stuff. You know, they had Nick Wright today. He's like, I said in 2017, and it bite me in the butt, but I'm going to say it again, the same thing. You're saying all this stuff so you can get the fan base riled up to get your ratings up. And you just have to just quiet the noise and just, you know, disregard it. Uh, I think the NFC South, likely, it might be the first team ever to have a 10-win loss team in the playoffs. I want to see it. If that happens, I want to yeah. see it. Just like there was that year, it was 2020. Remember, there was a scenario where we could have went four, eleven, and one, and won the division. I wanted that to happen so oh bad. My God, I remember Just that. To make everybody lose their freaking mind. <laughs> so give you me the are, team. You love your chaos, don't you? I can't help it. I do. That's what I live for, man. But that hey, man, we got a good comment here. Not only are we playing for the clinch, but also another loss to the Saints against their draft pick selection. Exactly. Yes. yes. Mo- most likely you beat the Saints, you lock them up to having a top 10 pick for yourself. Yeah. And, and it, that's important. And that's important. So even though the Eagles, you know, top to bottom right now have the strongest roster overall, you need to start looking for the future because you've got some guys that are up there and aging and we've hit on draft picks in the recent years, but getting a top 10 pick, you you really can't argue with that no matter where you decide to go. What I'm excited for the most is the fact that it's no longer going to be at the quarterback position. Well, there is Chip, no more talk of that. Hopefully, Chip, it have, is. Shut up, Mike. Um, Chip, I have one. Well, I have it for everybody. Um, so the Eagles get a top ten pick. Now, how pissed off would the fan base and or you be if they use that top ten pick for an offensive tackle, whether Paris Johnson, if he's there, whether it's Peter Skaronski from Northwestern, whether it's whoever it may be, the top offensive tackles. I, I wouldn't be pissed at all because I'm, I'm, you're start you're, you're starting to hear inklings that Lane Johnson may be retiring sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, if sorry, you're at number ten, I don't think an interior defensive lineman that you're hoping is going to be there, and maybe a pass rusher, edge rusher, you may not want to reach for one because the Ty- Tyree Wilson may be gone already. You may have some other guys that aren't there that, or you don't want to grab at a position where 
you're going to reach, especially at number 10. So if you get an offensive tackle there, and then later, because remember, you're going to have your other first-round pick if you want to get another position, whether it's edge rusher, whether it's defensive lineman, safety, corner, you have that option later. I think with what we've seen the last two years and what they're doing, they're getting guys who are going to be the successor to guys already in established positions. Uh, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams. I'll even say him too, because he's been playing well as well, but right. he's and that's, well. that's why I was going to say Jordan. that an interior defensive lineman, you don't necessarily need because even when Fletcher Cox, you know, does decide to no longer be an Eagle for whatever reason you have Hargrave, you have Williams, you have Davis. So you don't need to spend a first round pick on another interior defensive lineman. Jordan no, Davis you isn't a concussion protocol, I believe. So that's something yeah. that's, uh, I haven't heard. Yeah, I don't think Jordan anybody. Davis. Mm, right. yeah. um, I have a question for you guys, because I was thinking about this today. Hypothetically, let's say Lane Johnson after the season, like two days after we win the Super Bowl, he goes, I'm retiring. Would you feel comfortable moving my lot to right tackle and re-signing Andre no. Dillard? No. Jordan no. actually hates playing right tackle. He like hates it. And he thinks yeah. he's and like, you've seen whenever he's played it. He looks less than ordinary. True. True. Yeah. It was just a thought I had. I mean, because I don't know what they're going to do with Lane Johnson being out. Do they and, start and, Driscoll or do they flip these guys? I, I mean, Driscoll's done the he's done the reps. I think the concern with even I mean, Malad has even not had like I know he's like, you know, a pro bowl alternate and everything, and, and that's great, but even he has not had the greatest his shoulders hurt though. He's I think he's got I know, I know. Pain, he, you're so. definitely seeing like that that's I want to say this is like a sophomore slump because it's really his second year starting in the NFL and he's still great and he's still athletic and wonderful and awesome but you cannot then shift him to right tackle either you go out and get a right tackle where you see if Driscoll's got it I don't necessarily like the size that Driscoll brings compared to you know Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata those two book ends like you used to have with Trey Thomas and John Runyon but again Driscoll has done a serviceable job even when I mean he had to go in the game against that ridiculous Dallas defense and Michael Parsons still no sacks. So he did the damn thing. The well, thing that's going to be an issue come to the playoffs because if, if we got Nick Bosa coming to town, I mean, that's, that's, that, that could be, that could be lethal, but I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying Jack Driscoll and uh, Dillard before I'm trying Jordan at uh, right tackle. That's just my opinion though. Yeah. The good thing is with Driscoll playing right tackle, at least that's not Jalen's blind side. And he's mobile right. enough that when he sees pressure, he can move around, he can run. So that's if, if he was starting at left tackle, I'm much more concerned. And here's the thing: he'll have a week of prep yeah. to get the starter reps. And when he has time to prepare, he's better than just getting thrown in. Remember last year against Kansas City, he found it like what a few hours. And he mm-hmm. still holds he holds his own. I think Driscoll has a spot on this team. I don't think it's a long-term starter, but you know, like when Nate Herbig wanted to leave, everyone was like peace if driscoll wants to leave i'm like you should make some sort of decent offer to this guy to keep him. Mm-hmm. it's too mm-hmm. important to let go no you're right and he's gonna have this this week to, hopefully he's gonna be playing right tackle i'm guessing that's what they're gonna do he gets this week to play uh right tackle which he's gonna be going against probably one of the best in cam jordan yeah so you know you have him going playing right tackle there and then the following week I'm guessing they would put him at right tackle again against the Giants with the backups, and Dillard would play left tackle. Um, yeah. But it still it gives those guys some reps. It gives the backups some reps. But um, yeah, you know it's it's unfortunate. But right now it's kind of 
I, I also don't like moving and, you know, moving my lot to, to right and then having Dillard, you're just switching. So you're moving so much, so many pieces around. Um, yeah, I would say just let Driscoll play. Let's see how he does. If he absolutely looks terrible, uh, Jamone Brown-esque, uh, it's for you, Chip. He looks, he just looks that bad and he can't, you know, stifle the same. Um, it was for you, Chip. I just think that you got to then look a little bit differently. Um, but for me, it's just let it, let him go, let him do what he's got to do. But to me, I think the Eagles should be able to handle this game with Minshew uh, because I think Minshew will be starting. They should be able to handle it with him. Um, hopefully we're able to see the backups coming in in the early in the fourth quarter. Um, so we just don't, and I don't want to see any more time. major injuries. We have, oh God, oh, it gets his old team. So, Hey, maybe, I have another question. If Minshew starts, wins this game, we lock up the division. Do you give Jalen Hurts some playing time in week 18 to shake off any rust? Or we're not worried about that at all? Like give him a drive for two. If he's hundred percent healthy Jalen plays at all. If he's hundred percent healthy, I would possibly think about a drive, but I just don't think they do it. I just think so, they let him sit. He, here's my only thing that I'm going to say. If you looked at the preseason, Jalen Hurts did not play very much. Did he play at all in the preseason? He played a drive. He got hit he played, against right. He played a drive in the preseason, and he looked pretty damn good when the season started. Right. So I'm not necessarily worried about the rust when it comes to a guy like Jalen Hurts. He's he's what I like the most about Jalen Hurts is that he adapts to whatever is thrown at him. You can't necessarily simulate that just to get him out there for one drive. Now, if we, for some reason, don't win on Sunday, then yes, he absolutely plays the entire game against the, the Giants, and he he goes full on. Um, but because you're dealing with an injury to a shoulder where you throw from and you're a quarterback, I feel like the extra rest might not be a bad thing. And it's not like he's like checked out of the games. He's in the games mentally, so – that's the biggest thing. He's still got the earpiece in. He's mentally doing the reps. He's meeting with Minshew. He's doing – I think he understands the speed of the game at this point. Give the guy a break if we win on Sunday. Yeah. No, and, you know, I think this segues to a great segment that Mike's missed. Um, so, I think it's time for the Uleka Locks. Yeah. It's time for the Uleka Locks of the week. Who's your lock? All right, so the locks last week, um, Kendall had the Eagles plus five and a half. They lost by six, so right. tough one there. Um, his streak. Vegas knows everything. Yeah. Uh, Chip had San Francisco winning by 10 versus Washington. They won by 17. So that is a win, a lock on there. Yeah. And I had that the Eagles will get the double-digit sack record from 89 so um yeah. yeah uh brandon graham wasn't able to get that unfortunately they, they did get the three guys was so, i the only person that hit the uleka lock last week it was the only person to hit the uleka lock so, does that mean the rest of you great how great the rest of you hit mike's misses <laughs> go ahead Kendall. how great uh reddick and sweat are this year i mean these guys are phenomenal yeah yeah they're playing at such a high level um, especially the last couple of weeks, they're just, and look, the last three weeks, the team has gotten six or more sacks. 
They have 61 sacks right now. Now they're 12 off from the NFL record from the 84 Bears. They're only one off from the team record in 1989 with 62. Uh, so it looks like that they will probably break that record. And if Brandon Graham gets one sack in one of the last two games, he will be uh, with those other guys. And it will be the first time ever in the NFL history that there was four players from the same team with 10 or more sacks. I'm here for it. So it would be pretty cool to see. Um, but with that, it's going to bring it to the locks of the week. And we're going to start with – We'll start with Mike since he uh, has missed out uh, on the last couple of yeah. months, right? Yeah. Month, month or two? A couple yeah. of weeks. To give you guys two locks. They're not. One's NFL related. One's not. One, I think Penn State beats Utah by at least 10 points in the Rose Bowl. I was, uh, wow. I was, wait, I was waiting for that. I was waiting with, for that. Without Joey Porter Jr. And I think that by Monday morning, the Raiders will strongly regret Starting Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> the future Indianapolis Colt quarterback, Derek Carr. I'm Listen, you know that. what? I will say this. I'm not a Raiders oh, fan. God. I don't really care about the Raiders so much. But I think Derek Carr is a pretty decent dude. I don't think he is a terrible quarterback. And him, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, they all got done dirty by this organization. The NFL deserves better. Raiders fans deserve better than what they've gotten this year. Yeah, and I want to kind of piggyback onto that specifically with the Raiders and the coaching in general. So they paid Josh McDaniel so much money that they can't even fire the guy. And he's been atrocious. They picked the wrong guy to be the coach anyway. The dude who was the interim last year, whose name I'm blanking on right this second, I know should have been the coach. He was great. That team played well for him. They were fired They up. played, played hard. well. And he was yeah. good at managing because he was a special teams guy. He was good at managing. Therefore, I'm not sure why they didn't hire him just so they could hire a big name. Kind of flipping to that, you look at the Broncos. The Broncos are not bad because Hackett was the coach. The Broncos were bad because they missed on Russell Wilson. Big time. And had injuries. So for Hackett to not even get a full season, and they just released a report, the NFL did, they're like, hey, Here's all the money franchises are wasting hiring coaches that don't live out their contract and how much money fired coaches are. It's like half a billion dollars, I think. Like, it's absurd. Oh, yeah. And there's I another think, one with Hackett. I do think Hackett was a horrible hire and probably the least qualified coach. He was. Opinion. He was a bad hire, but you got to give him at least a season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. Some of those mistakes he had this year were kind of justified. I don't know. But. Yeah, I just don't think him and Wilson meshed. I think that was the, the, they did the, it. Wrong, the wrong thing there. But uh, what do you got, Kendall, for your lock of the week? I actually uh, have two, actually, two. I'm going to parlay them together. Brandon Graham sack. <laughs> and the Eagles yeah. win. All righty. I like Easy that. I like that. Right there. I like I that. I will give mine. I will have Chip go last since he did win. Uh, I think Quez Watkins will bounce back and he will catch a touchdown this week. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. That would be a big bounce back. Be a big I, bounce. I hope that happens. Jeff, Speaking of up, bounce backs, here here's my lock. I know who it's got. I have Go ahead. <laughs> Carson Wentz I will throw two it. interceptions I, in his oh. return. Two touchdowns. Interceptions. touchdowns. He's, he's going to throw four touchdowns now. 
I didn't listen. I don't know how many touchdowns he's gonna throw, but he's definitely throwing two interceptions. And the fat, like, again, just looking at decisions, like the, the Commanders are in this, and they're well, what are they saying that Taylor Heineke cannot lead them to the promised lane, and and Carson Wentz can? I'm guessing Heineke's limited. To be honest, Bro, of course he's limited, but so's Carson Wentz. This is a rinse repeat cycle for the Commanders. They have a quarterback. He plays bad or gets hurt. They bench him. They bring Heineke. Heineke comes in, plays well the first couple of games, and then starts to decline. And then this said quarterback, another quarterback, either gets healthy or, you know, gets another opportunity. Heineke gets benched. And then the other quarterback plays and gets hurt. And it's a rinse repeat. And this is – the Commanders are just a mess. If the Commanders do not make the playoffs, Ron Rivera rightfully should get fired. I disagree. I also disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. I think he's a good organizer. I think he has not been given the necessary pieces to win. I don't. Yeah, I but think... neither was Frank Reich, and Frank Reich got the axe. Well, the Colts are a shit organization, just like the. So Commanders are the are. Commanders. <laughs> I understand that, but I think Ron Rivera has more respect around the league than Agreed. Frank Reich does. I will Agreed. say that. I do not want the playoffs to have three teams from one division. I just think that's really boring. I hate playing. What about four? No. Um, I hate playing (laughs) division opponents in the playoffs. Also, hats off to Brian Dable. You are coaching yourself one hell of a football team up in New York. All you need is some talent and wide receivers. I would personally rather see like the Seahawks or Lions get into the playoffs or the Packers. Or the Packers, because you know if the Packers are in and they get to the NFC Championship game, we are going to the Super Bowl. The Packers cannot win the NFC Championship game. What about this scenario? Oh, here so we I go. saw someone post you know, about Carson Wentz coming back and playing for the Washington Commanders. And you're what if they sneak the, in the playoffs, they get the number seven seed, they go <laughs> play Minnesota, and they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Bring that then, ass to Philadelphia. <laughs> Well, if that have, happens after one o'clock, Kirk's not going to win it. So, yeah, exactly. And then you have the return of Mr. Wentz to Philadelphia. He no, can't avoid it this time, so well, he can't avoid want it, that. but that would be one hell of a storyline. I don't want it because I don't want to. Here's hear the thing I do want that because we were all there when we played Carson Wentz before. He holds on to the ball too long, which when you have a team cycle circling all the way back to my point. When you have a team like the Eagles with the strength of their defense is the defensive line. You need to hit the quarterback. We were able to slap Carson Wentz around. When Taylor Heineke went in, he got the ball out very quickly, which is why we lost. Yeah. No, I, I will say this, though. The Colts are the biggest trash organization. Carson Wentz was not the reason you missed the playoffs last year. Nope. Your defense blew so many leagues leads and then you're going to go be like screw this guy thanks for nothing but matt ryan is where it's at and then you end up benching the guy for both sam ellinger and nick Foles, who now looks like he has no place on an nfl roster God, nick looks bad and Wait, can we just talk about nick Foles' career real quick what this guy went from throwing seven touchdowns in one game like breaking the completion record like st louis go go yeah, it's thinking of that. Then coming back, winning the Super Bowl. Now he's back in, you know, Chicago as a backup or Jacksonville as a backup. I mean, this guy's career is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a hell he's of allergic. To, he's allergic to any uniform that isn't green. That's right. a good point. Well, wouldn't teal be considered green? Because no, no, we're not. Uh, I think it teal's is. More, teal's more of a blue to me. It's, it's like an aqua. Blue. Yeah, aqua esque. 
I do want to shout out uh, one of our uh, new sponsors uh, that we're um, promoting is Homage. Uh, homage.com. You can get the link in the in the bio um, down below. Uh, check it out. Click the link. Uh, the awesome stuff. Uh, wearing the Jalen Hurts uh, Blitz NFL Blitz T-shirt. Um, you know they have some awesome stuff. Some hoodies. Uh, some great stuff. And they have stuff, that, they have stuff that's not uh, like pop culture. So uh, I like Kendall's. Hoodie though, that's awesome, bro. This thing's actually like the sickest thing ever. Like it's super, like it fits like nice and tight. Like it's just super comfortable. Really good fabric, cool design. I mean, bro, snag one of them. They got a lot yeah, of a lot of cool stuff. Um, so, um, you know, check the link. I do think they are. They do some um sales, fifty percent off. I know they were doing something in terms of uh with the holidays, uh, twenty to thirty percent off, uh, stuff like that. So. Uh, it's definitely something to check out. They got a lot of cool designs. Uh, it's not just football. It's other sports. It's pop culture. It's TV shows. Anything like uh, so definitely check it out. Uh, we love the because the, the fit of the church, especially there's some you know, awesome stuff that they have. So definitely check them out. Homage.com, uh, where to find your number one vintage wear of NFL, work, <laughs> pop culture, everything. Um, but – this is going to bring us to the prediction. We're going to do some Eagle Saints predictions here. And we're going to start it off with Chip. Go on, go ahead. I think we were all wrong last week because we all picked the Eagles. And, you yeah. know, we all did the Homer thing, and that's okay. Um, the Eagles will win this week. Um, I, I struggle with this team because. The secondary is better in St. Louis, or not St. Louis, I'm sorry, New Orleans with, you know, Tyra Matthew, Matthew, and Marshawn Lattimore. But again, they play better. Um, and Cameron Jordan is, you know, pretty damn solid as well. I think it's going to be slightly closer than we would like. Um, I am going to go Eagles will win 20 to 17. That's pretty close. Uh, Mike? Sheldon Brown, Reggie Bush. For those of you youngins, look it up on YouTube. That could be James Bradbury and Alvin Kamara on Sunday. And I hope it is. I think if Jalen Hurts was playing, I would have a much wider gap in my victory margin. But I'm going Eagles win 24 to 10, unless they put in Jameis Winston. Then I think the Saints might have a better shot, which, by the way, he should have never lost his starting job. Yeah, the garbage franchise. Well, yeah, they uh put Winston back when they shouldn't have, and he had a broken back, whatever that he had, and now they they play him, he gets hurt again. They're gonna get a mean lawsuit. Um, anyways, um, but there's one thing Gannon's defense is a very good job at doing is beating and beating up very bad quarterbacks. Um, I think we could see maybe like a three. Interception game or three turnover game from the defense this weekend. Um, I do think the Saints defense is a lot better than people think. It uh, it's pretty solid, well rounded. Um, not that you know it could give Gardner any inch, uh, any uh, issues because he still played pretty well against this Dallas Dallas defense. Um, but I do think Eagles come out on top. I'm going to say final score of 
24 to 14. So it's funny you say that score because that is the score that I have 24 to 14. Ah. Uh, I think the Eagles will be able to get a good pass rush on Andy Dalton. I think they'll be able to uh, stop the run. Uh, so it's going to make, uh, it's going to make Andy Dalton have to pass the ball. And yes, the secondary, uh, you're a little worried with Josiah Scott and what they do. Um, but I just think the Eagles are just such a better team, talent alone, even with Minshew playing. Uh, Minshew's going to be able to attack that secondary, um, who, yes, they have the names, but again, Marshawn Lattimore's been beat up all season. Uh, Bradley Roby isn't as good as he used to be. Same with Tyron Matthew. Marcus May's been hurt. Um, he's been in and out. So they're they're pretty banged up. Uh, so I think the Eagles will be able to take advantage. Um and you know what? Whatever they kind of, whatever they want to do, and basically it's going to see what the Saints defense. If the Saints are going to do a lot of run blitzing, uh, kind of like what Dallas did, they played a lot of guys close to the line of scrimmage. They they they, you know, stack the box. Uh, if New Orleans stacks the box, then you can see the Eagles and Gardner Minshew try and throw the ball up. But again, you know, you still have to cover Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. So less Quez, more Goddard, please, 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 please. Tight end screen. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what they do. But, um, you know, I think the Eagles get the win 24 to 14. So, boom, boom. That'll wrap up the weekly report with a lot, a lot jam packed into this episode. Uh, we will have a recap show after the Saints um, on Sunday night at some point. Uh, we will do that show uh, to kind of, you know, break down. Hopefully, the Eagles get that number one seed. We can kind of talk a little bit. Um, in terms of, you know, what happens, all the happenings in the games uh, on Sunday, because there'll be a lot of playoff implications. Uh, anybody um, in terms of gets any playoff spots clinched, if the Eagles get the number one seed. So there's a lot to talk about with that. So we will be back uh, to do that, to discuss that. Uh, so definitely uh, put the notification tab on, subscribe, follow, uh, make sure that you are tapping all those buttons just so you get notified when we go live. and. You know, that's kind of where we're at there. Uh, but, you know, it was fun having you back on, Mike. Um, Thanks don't for be a listener. I will. Oh, we know. I'm going to be uh, busy till after draft season. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've already started scouting, so I'll be a busy man. No, it's it's some good stuff there. And, you know, for me, it's we have some other stuff in the, in the works uh, with the Eagles and figuring out their postseason look you know, dates and times and all that kind of stuff. So we have some announcements, uh, try to get some, some different types of shows, uh, for you guys, uh, some live, live events. So, um, we'll get that all situated. And when we do make those decisions, we will make sure we post them and get you guys notified. So you can come out and hang with us. But, uh, until then let's end it. Like we always do with a very happy and positive and positive. Go birds. Go birds. AAT Sports Network is brought to you by Vinny's Pizza and Restaurant, located in Allentown off the Iroquois Trail. Visit them at Vinny'sPizzaPA.com today. Stuff to the Grills, also located in Allentown off the Iroquois Trail, offers a unique twist on the traditional sandwich shop. They will cater to your every need. www.stufftothegrills.com and get your grub on. 
Stone Distillery. Crafted cocktails assembled the way you want. Located in the Trolley Barn at 116 East Broad Street in Quakertown. They relax and have a cocktail, and you should too.